You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world. Taylor Thomas is a research and policy analyst for East Yard Communities for Environmental Justice. East Yard Communities for Environmental Justice, EYCEJ, is a community-based organization that works to facilitate self-advocates in East Los Angeles, Southeast Los Angeles, and Long Beach. East Yard Communities for Environmental Justice emerges from years of the unheard community voices that have silently suffered the effects of pollution in their neighborhoods. Through grassroots organizing and leadership building skills, EYCEJ works to enable underrepresented communities to be heard, which in turn influences policy change, policy makers, and agencies that can institute health protective environmental justice policies that are in the best interest of local, regional, and statewide residents. Well, can you share with our listeners how you got started working on environmental issues? Sure. So I grew up in an area um, in Long Beach that's West Long Beach, so it's directly adjacent to the 710 Freeway. Um, It's predominantly folks of color. Mm. It's Latino folks, black folks, um, and a lot of API folks. And I actually had never heard of environmental justice before I found out about East Yard. So one of my friends was an organizer with East Yard. And so he invited me to one of the workshops. I was like, okay, well, you're my friend, so I'll go out to do you a favor. And then that's when I learned about all of the issues that had impacted me in my whole life. And I had never... Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. And so I became a member. I got involved, stayed involved. I'm still here. I hear you. It was very similar for me, too. Once you hear what you and your people have been dealing with, you're like, whoa, whoa. Gotta do something about it. Yeah, you gotta do something about it. So I'm glad you are doing something about it. Yes. (laughs) If you had to explain to someone in three minutes or less what East Yard Communities for Environmental Justice is, and why it's important, Mm -hmm. what would you say? East Yards is uh, a community organization made up of residents in impacted communities that fights for environmental justice and fights against environmental racism. Mm. So it's important because, you know, working class folks of color are the most impacted by, you know, not just environmental injustice, but, you know, police brutality, um, food deserts, food apartheid, under-resourced communities, poor educational attainment. Um, So we're trying to break off a piece of that, and we're folks who are in our communities, and we're folks who are addressing the issues um, based on our own experience. Mm, I love it. And that was way less than three minutes. You you killed that. (laughs) No, that's really great. That's really amazing. What do you see as the greatest challenges facing vulnerable communities that you work with today? Mm, greatest challenge. Just one? Uh, challenges. Challenges. Okay. You can have more than one. Well, I think we live in a society and dealing with a lot of cumulative issues mm. in our communities. Mm-hmm. So it's not just uh, there's a rail yard in my backyard that wakes me up all night. It's polluting me. It's police that are over policing my community. It's, you know, I have to drive really far to a low wage job. It's I have to send my kids to a school where they don't get the best education mm. that they need. Um, so it's dealing with a lot of these issues and it, it's completely by design. 
So I, I think about all of these issues as connected and they're forces that oppress, oppress us, excuse me, under yeah. a white supremacist capistic society. True. So you know it's no that, accident. Yeah, it's no accident. It's completely by design. Yeah. So I think that is our biggest challenge and you know a lot of our political entity entities, excuse me, are completely complicit in this system. So yes. that, I would say that's the biggest challenge. A challenge that can be overcome. Mm. It just takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We are doing that work. Yes. We're going to win. We're going to yeah. win. So because I just said we're going to win, can you talk a little bit about some of the wins that East Jara Communities for Environmental Justice has had and what did it take to make that happen? Sure. Yeah. I can definitely talk about a couple. Um, so one thing that we have been fighting is a proposed rail yard that's adjacent to West Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And so West Long Beach is an environmental justice community. We've got freeways, we've got refineries, uh, we're close to the ports, uh, we've got oil and gas networks under our communities. Mm. So folks are, you know, already overburdened with pollution, you know, lack of access to healthy and affordable food. And so now we've got, you know, BNSF, the Port of Los Angeles and the city of Los Angeles coming in and saying, let's cite a half a, mil- half a million dollar rail project in your community. We don't know. <laughs> we were like, uh, no. One, <laughs> it doesn't need to be there. There's other places that a facility like that can go. And two, why are you going to place something that's going to have so many negative impacts on an already overburdened community. Mm. Folks found out about that just by, you know, community residents caring about something's going on. They're calling their neighbors. You know, that's how organizing is done. You mm-hmm. hear about something, you go tell somebody, they tell somebody else, mm-hmm. and then folks get together and try to figure out a way to address the issue. Right. Folks actually came together and we were able to get some legal support from NRDC and we challenged that project. So right now the, the project has been halted. Hey. We're in the middle of litigation. Okay. And that's a really big deal that for is. a you know working class community to be able to effectively stop a project that is being proposed by the city, being proposed by the ports and being the entity of a, a multi-billion. BNSF makes a lot of money. Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, working everyday folks, being able to challenge that is a really big community victory. Awesome. That is awesome. Thank you. Um, Another one that I'll talk about is the 710 Freeway. Okay. So I don't know if you drew it on the 710. You know, it's not fun. Um, But one of the things that's on it is a lot of trucks. And so those trucks are coming from the port. So they're Mm. carrying the goods that we buy in our stores. So Caltrans and um, LA Metro, they want to double the size of the freeway to accommodate for more goods coming in through our ports, right? For obvious reasons, community residents were not happy with that. Um, You know, that's a corridor that's troubled with pollution. We have a lot of research that says increasing roadway capacity doesn't actually make room for more cars and trucks. It just makes room for more traffic and more pollution. But then, you know, if the freeway doubled, then a lot of people would lose their homes and businesses. Mm -hmm. Rather than just saying no to the project, what community members up along the corridor did is they came together and they created an alternative proposal to the freeway expansion. Mm -hmm. So this included no job displacements, um, no businesses or homes displacement, excuse Mm. me, local and targeted hiring. So ensuring the folks who are in uh, areas with high unemployment can have access to those construction jobs. 
Um, it includes increasing public transit, um, lowering the fares because, you know, folks got to use that to get to their jobs, right. you know. So we can't just say, hey, don't drive, you know, like make it easier for folks to have alternatives to get where they need to go. Make improvements on the L.A. River, which is right next to the 710. You know, that was a really big deal. We worked with some universities. We worked with some legal partners and consultants and submitted technical comments. They were thousands of pages long to wow. this project. Um and rather than Caltrans saying, wow, you know, this is monumental, you know, communities are taking ownership of the project and want to be engaged, they have been completely dismissive of what we have been putting forward. But it's okay because over the course of 15 years, people have still been fighting. And we've had a lot of victories along this project, and we're not going to quit until our communities get what we want. That's right. Uh, that's amazing. I hope y'all feel that that win Thank all you. the way. So another victory I'll talk about is we recently, um, the City of Commerce closed their incinerator. And so a lot of folks don't know is that we have three incinerators in the state. Um, one is in Stanislaus County, one is in Long Beach, and the other is in Commerce. Wow. So incinerators are essentially facilities where trash is burned. Mm-hmm. And so having two of those placed in environmental justice communities is a problem. Yes. And the commerce facility has been riddled with a lot of problems, violations, etc. Um, you know, at one point in their history, the ash that they had collected from burning the trash, mm-hmm. you know, was being blown into the neighboring communities. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really bad way to deal with waste. Right. Well, after many years, a lot of work, the Commerce Incinerator finally closed last month. Oh, so man. So we're very excited and happy about that. That is exciting. That's, I'm so glad you told us that. That's, that's good news. Because, yes, that pollution makes people so sick. So, right. yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big win. How do we get policy that is truly reflective of community needs? Well, I think it just goes back to organizing principles. So I I talked about the 710 Mm -hmm. and, you know, at the beginning of that project process, there was no effective means for community members to be able to participate Mm. in the planning process. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we actually had to push. And so our perspective is that rather than having to fight at every step of the way, we want to come together at the table first and try to work out our issues so everyone can, you know, leave happy and we can move forward and progress together. So it, it starts with, you know, letting people be able to participate right. and listening to their concerns and taking those concerns and translating them into policy. We weren't getting what we wanted out of Caltrans, so we had to come up with our own policies and then take it there. Right. And we're still not getting what we want, but that doesn't mean we're not pushing for the policies that we want. Right. If you could create, I'm sorry to do this to you, this is a hard one. If you could create <laughs> one policy.